Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. It's great to be back again with all of our listeners. Be able to open up God's Word and dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more, and grow a little bit stronger in our faith. We keep emphasizing that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Now, there are a lot of people out there, they just somehow, I guess, think faith kind of just happens to them, kind of lands on them, like maybe they get infected with a virus or a bacterial infection or something, and all of a sudden, wow, they just get zapped with faith, and now they got it. That's not how it works. Faith comes as we study God's Word, learn it, come to understand it and believe it, and then make the proper applications to our lives. Romans 10 and verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We want to help you grow in your faith. We want to help you come closer and closer to God and to Christ in your life and in your lifestyle. We want to help you get to heaven. We encourage you to come and worship with us, get to know us, let us get to know you. Worship God with us, study with us, grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street. Our Bible classes begin on Sunday mornings at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evening, we come back together at 6 o'clock for another period of worshiping God. And then on Wednesday evenings, right in the middle of the week, good time to stop and get our spiritual batteries recharged. We come back together at 6.30 each Wednesday evening for midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services. We encourage you to also go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and enroll in our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when you sign up for our podcasting, you will automatically receive to your smartphone or any other smart device you choose, you will receive Search the Scriptures Monday through Friday automatically. And if you find yourself one day or maybe a number of times when you'd like to listen, but your busy schedule does not allow you to tune in at the prescribed times, it's going to be aired over the radio waves. It'll be right there on your smartphone or your smart device, and you can listen to it at your convenience. But you'll also receive a Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and what I really consider to be a gem, a short, only about a 13-minute Bible study every single day called Today's Bible Class. And all of that will automatically go to your smart device, and it's always free and always will be free. So take advantage of that and encourage everyone else to do so as well. Everyone you know, you may help somebody by getting them into God's word. You may help them get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment today. We're coming toward the end of our study talking about seven dangerous nations. And I've introduced this by talking about how if we were to ask, you know, what do you think are dangerous nations out there today across the globe? Well, you'd start naming certain nations, and some of those would be the same nations that from generation to generation. Others would pop up as, you know, newly considered dangerous nations, but we're really not talking about that. From another perspective, some would say, well, I think 
there are some nations that are not necessarily dangerous as far as being a danger to their neighboring countries or even globally dangerous, but they're dangerous places to live. And especially if you're trying to live a faithful, dedicated Christian life. Now, they're, they're, they're dangerous places to live. And so you might be thinking of some other nations, such as many in the Middle East, maybe some in Africa and China and Russia and, and you know, so on. But we're not really talking about those kinds of nations being dangerous either. Now, those dangers in both, from both perspectives are real. But what I really am trying to get across is I'm using a play on words when I'm talking about seven dangerous nations. So the first one that we looked at is abominations. There are wicked, sinful practices that are identified, labeled as being abominations to God. We talked about those, Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 9 through 13, but also Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. And then the second dangerous nation that we need to stay out of is contamination. And we're talking about being contaminated with worldly living, and that is sinful, ungodly lifestyles. Those kinds of lifestyles, and the Apostle Paul went through an extensive list in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, they'll keep us out of heaven. In Romans chapter 12, in verse 2, the Apostle Paul, he instructed, he encouraged, he admonished us to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And there's where faith comes in again, getting into God's word. In James chapter 4 and verse 4, James said that friendship with the world, if that's our primary focus in life, we're walking by the ways of the world, he says, then we're in a position of strife with God. Because you see, worldly living and godly living are diametrically opposed to one another. They don't go together. We cannot walk with God in faithfulness and walk in the ways of the world at the same time. James said in James chapter 1 and verse 27 that we need to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. The next one we looked at was procrastination. Procrastination. The danger we put ourselves in, in fact, grave danger, by procrastinating, putting off becoming a Christian, or as a Christian, putting off living faithfully and serving God actively. Procrastination can become sinful. In fact, James said in James chapter 4 and verse 17, for him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Procrastination can ultimately keep us out of heaven as well. Well, the next dangerous nation we need to stay out of is discrimination. Discrimination comes in many forms and is an enemy of peace and unity. Now, a lot of people, if they they have experienced discrimination or if they have seen discrimination being practiced in people around them, they will quickly relate, probably, to whatever form of discrimination that is that they have observed or experienced themselves. But discrimination comes from a whole lot of different directions. There are a whole lot of varieties of it, and they're all wrong. There are people who discriminate, yes, on the basis of race. But then you go into some other countries, such as Northern Ireland, and you'll have people who are all of the same race who are discriminating against each other because of difference in religious beliefs. You go to Africa and you'll find some tribes, they're all of the same race. Basically, they're all African, 
but they hate one another and they discriminate against one another and even kill one another. You'll find people in our country who are from the North who are discriminatory toward people from the South and vice versa, people from the South who discriminate against people from the North. You'll find people on the East and West coasts who they look down on people. Now, they may not say it openly, but they, you know, they do. They look down. I'm not saying everybody, but there are those. They look down on people from the Midwest, what they call flyover country. They, there are people who live in the big cities who look down upon people from rural areas. There are people who have been well-educated as far as academics are concerned. They may have a degree or two or three on their sleeve, and they may look down upon people who have never finished even high school. Well, discrimination comes in all kinds of forms, comes from all kinds of directions, but it's all ungodly. What we need to understand is that all mankind is precious to God because he created all of us in his image, that is, with a soul. We are unique from everything else that he created. In Genesis chapter 1, beginning with verse 26, on that final day of creation, God said, let us make man in our image. Now, he did not say that about any other life form that he had created up until that point. Only man, uniquely man. Let us create man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We're created in God's image. We have an eternal essence within us. It's a soul. In the fifth chapter of Genesis, verse 1, this is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. So all of us have been created with a soul, every single one of us. So we need to understand that, and that, that should make a world of difference as to our mindset about one another. We all are created in the image of God. So we are all precious in God's eyes. In Matthew chapter 22, and we look at verse 39, Jesus, when he was asked about, and this was, I think we can understand from a challenger, and he had challengers confronting him all the time, they said, what is the great commandment in the law? Referring to the law of Moses. And Jesus responded in verse 38, you shall, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the, great, this is the gr first and great commandment. But then he didn't stop there. And that was actually in verse 37. He said, this is the first and great commandment. Then the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, those are instructions. That's teaching from Jesus himself, our Lord and Savior, God the Son. We're to love our neighbor as ourself. When we look at Galatians chapter 3, and verse 38. The Apostle Paul wrote this. Galatians 3 and verse 38. I'm very, uh, sorry, verse 28. He said, and he's talking to Christians, and he's talking specifically about being Christians in the Lord's church, and he says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. 
there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, again, he's talking about Christians there, but that is the frame of reference in which that we ultimately come to recognize, realize, and are thankful for our unity, our preciousness in the sight of God, that he counts all of us precious and special because he created us all in his image. You see, in the Jewish mindset of that day, there were only two classifications of people, basically, the Jew and the Greek. Now, the, those, the Greek was probably the nicest uh, word that they used uh, in reference to those who were not Jews. They also referred to them as Gentiles and also as heathens and barbarians because most of those who were not Jews did not believe in God. They worshiped idols. But when they became Christians, whether they came from a Jewish background or from a Gentile background, Paul says there's no more Jew and Greek. There's no more slave and free. And there were slaves who became Christians, and there were masters of slaves who became Christians. Read the short letter to Philemon. And he said there's neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ. Discrimination has no place in the life or in the heart of a Christian. There are a whole lot of people who they, you know, point fingers and they say, so-and-so or those folks over there, they're, they're, they're discriminate against somebody. But then they don't realize that there are some fingers pointing right back at them and that many times they're also discriminating against those they're accusing of being guilty of discrimination. We need to stay out of the, the, the dangerous nation of discrimination. All mankind is precious to God. All mankind has been created in God's image with a soul, and we're instructed to love our neighbor as ourselves. As Christians, we are all one in Christ. It doesn't matter what our education level might be. It doesn't matter what our economic status might be. It doesn't matter from where we might come, whether different parts of this nation or from other nations altogether. We are all one in Christ. Stay out of that dangerous nation called discrimination. What's the next one? The fifth of the seven dangerous nations that I want, it, I want us to think about, termination. Now, you might say termination. Are you talking about dying? Um, spiritually, we could think of it that way. We think of somebody being terminated as somebody who has died physically. But there's also a worse death than physical death, and that's spiritual death. In fact, when we look at Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8. John the Apostle goes through one of those lists of those who will not be in heaven. He says the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, oh, there's that word again, a form of that word, abomination, isn't it? Murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, we need to keep that in the forefront of our mind, shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, we die physically as human beings because of sin. Going all the way back to the first man, the first woman, when they 
disobeyed God, they ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that God had warned them and instructed them to not even touch that fruit. He said, for in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Well, that was Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17. Right off the bat in Genesis chapter 3, the devil shows up. He disguises himself. He comes in the form of a serpent and he begins to tempt Eve. Has God not said that you shall eat the, tr- the fruit of the trees of the garden? And Eve said, yeah, he has. He told us we can eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, except for the tree that is in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he said, for in the day that we eat thereof, we shall surely die. The devil said, nah, not going to happen. You can have that fruit too. You can eat that. God knows, or let me tell you at least, you shall be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, that was a very subtle form of of, uh, deception. Now, when he said, you shall not surely die, that was an outright lie. The devil was lying to Eve. Then he deceived her by saying, you shall be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, that must have sounded good to Eve because she succumbed to the temptation and she ate the fruit. But the devil was not saying, you're going to be a God. He said, you're going to know good from evil. Well, she, she certainly immediately understood the difference between good and evil because she became a sinner and everything changed when she ate that fruit. She gave it to Adam and he ate and everything changed for him as well. Sin was now within the conscience of mankind and everything changed. They were suddenly ashamed of being naked because they had a different mindset, a different conscience. They understood sin now. And so God expelled them from the garden, which also had the tree of life within. And as long as they continued to eat the fruit of that tree, they would have lived forever, even on this earth. Well, but the devil was successful in eliminating that possibility by leading them into sin. And so they no longer had access to the tree of life. Physical death became a reality. But now that John, the apostle in Revelation 21 and verse 8, as we just noted, he said, there's another death. It's the second death. That's eternal death, eternal condemnation in hell. And never getting to the point of actually being completely dead from a spiritual perspective, but experiencing the agony of dying for all of eternity. That's hell. Eternally cut off from the glory of God. That's hell. Outer darkness, weeping, gnashing of teeth, forever and ever. That's hell. And that's spiritual death. Isaiah the prophet wrote in Isaiah chapter 59 verses 1 and 2 that sin separates us from God. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the apostle Paul wrote, the wages of sin is death. Yeah, physical death, that's for everybody. But spiritual death, if we die physically already dead spiritually, and we've not done anything about that spiritual death, that separation being separated from God, then we're talking about 
the second death, eternal condemnation in hell. We don't need to let that be a reality for us because the rest of Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we can be forgiven of our sins. That's why God sent Jesus to the cross as the Savior, the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins, so that as we're baptized into him, repenting of our sins, confessing our faith in him as God's Son and our Lord and Savior, as we're baptized into him, immersed in those waters, the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins. As Ananias said to Saul of Tarsus, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. But so many people, having understood that they needed to become a Christian, that they needed to be baptized into Christ, after having done that, they walk away from their Savior. They terminate that relationship. Termination. The Apostle Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 2, beginning with verse 20, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, boiled down, after they have become Christians, after they have been forgiven of their sins, after they have been redeemed through the blood of Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, they go back into sin, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. We might say, how could it be worse? They were lost eternally before they were forgiven through baptism into Christ. How could it be worse? Peter uses a couple of vivid illustrations. He says it would have been better for them not to have known the way than to the way of righteousness, than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. Ah, repulsive images. Repulsive images. The pig gets washed all cleaned up, as soon as it's turned loose, goes back to the mud hole. A dog eats something that makes him sick to his stomach. He vomits it up, and then it goes back and eats it up again. Ah, repulsive. Gross, we would say. And Peter says, that's what it's like for a Christian, having been forgiven through the blood of Christ, terminating that relationship by going back into the sinful ways of the world. Seven dangerous nations, abomination, contamination, procrastination, discrimination, termination. And we'll look at the next two and the final two next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to be aware of and on guard against falling into these seven dangerous nations. Please help us guide us, protect us from these dangers, and keep us walking with you forever. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.